Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Well, it's really nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. (laughs) Okay, I want to start before we get into like the impetus for the fullest. I want to know where you grew up, like your background and kind of like leading up to what made you start it. So I know you're from Laguna, which is one of my favorite places in the world. Oh, really? That's yeah, because awesome. we used to go every summer. We would always go to the Sawdust Festival. Oh, wow. You know it well. Mm-hmm. And I would get a toe ring and then we would go oh to Walton's Fish Tacos, which is still my favorite food. That's awesome. Toe rings were such a thing. <laughs> I totally forgot about them. Yeah, so I grew up in Laguna and I'm Persian. So mm-hmm. like they're just, I have a really big family, super tight knit and also incredibly crazy. I constantly am thinking how badly I need to get out of there, but also how much I love them. <laughs> so it's like, I'm constantly like, maybe I'll move here. It's only two hours away. But yeah, so I love it there. I think the beaches, like, I mean, your husband's from Italy, right? Mm-hmm. It looks like Italy. Exactly. When I went, we went for our honeymoon to Positano and I was like, I feel like I'm in Laguna. I just, I love it so much. And growing up by the ocean was really healthy for me because mm-hmm. I felt like even though Laguna, um, the high school is known for, you know, the show and all that <laughs> stuff. I will say a lot of my friends didn't wear makeup to school and mm-hmm. the people that I surrounded myself with definitely really cared about the ocean and natural elements. And I think it definitely shifted. I came from actually like I grew up in Laguna Niguel and moved to Laguna Beach when I was like 11 or 12. So I I consider that as like my main place I grew up. But even being like 15 minutes inland, I remember in middle school, like all the girls were already wearing full face makeup and crazy eyeshadow and all that, which is great. I did it too. But then when I moved to Laguna, I was like, no one does this here. No one well, even... Laguna's a total hippie town. Yeah, exactly. It's and... totally got redirected by the show. But Laguna, like, my dad loved it because it was unpretentious. There were art studios everywhere. Like, the Sawdust Festival is like a hippie festival where you'd see, like, glass blowers. Exactly. Like- you can go and actually see how glass is blown. You can go see the makers. And I love that about it. And it definitely shaped a lot of who I am because I grew up there. I So I'm really grateful that I was there. And 
Also, like I mentioned, I'm Persian. So I grew up really understanding the benefits of traditional medicine and herbs and how, I mean, I didn't speak English until I was five years old. And so I- Oh, really? Yeah, I had no idea that I was like Where in were America. <laughs> I was born here, but my family <laughs> literally was family. like- Yeah, they were all surrounding being like, okay, she cannot speak English. She's already going to learn it. She needs to learn Farsi. And so they, with me specifically, they didn't even allow me to speak English until I was five. Not that I even knew I wasn't allowed. They just were really adamant about only speaking Farsi in the house. And I'm so grateful for that because it definitely gave me a sense of culture that I wouldn't have had, right? So I grew up with, you know, lots of Persian families, obviously in LA and that, those were my like favorite dinners to get invited to. And like so getting yummy. called Hoshkele and Nozanin oh was like, <laughs> like I would I would like walk into a room and it would be like Nozanin Piazon. And I would just be like, ah, oh, I've arrived. These are my people. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Those are terms of endearment that are just the best. And the best. yeah, so sweet. So, so you- that's in by the way, I've never heard in all of my immigrant friends. And surroundings. I've never heard of a child born in America only speaking. <laughs> I mean, it was wild. Like I, I went to preschool and I would bring my mastochiar, which is literally like yogurt with garlic and yeah. um, cucumbers <laughs> and masmusir and mastochiar. I like love the combination. And they would run away from me and I didn't understand why. And then the teacher would be like, she doesn't know English. She is like speaking gibberish and she has this weird dish. Like, so I just like completely <laughs> skipped school up until I had to go in kindergarten and barely went to kindergarten because we were in Iran for part of it. And then I, I just started in first grade. But yeah, I just, I'm really grateful that I, like my parents weren't, you know, force me to go to school either. (laughs) I was like always trying to find a way out. Now I have a three and a half year old and a nine month old. And literally my three and a half year old goes to this like cute little Waldorf preschool. And he's already telling me he's allergic to school. I'm like, you're so smart. You shouldn't have to go if you can say that you're allergic to school. That's really brilliant. (laughs) It's my biggest, one of our friends who couldn't come over for Mother's Day last night was because whatever it was cold. We had like, I was like, we can't swim. We got to push you back. And she was like, she has a daughter in kindergarten. And she was like, we have like homework to do. And it hit me this like wave of anxiety came over me. And like, I just responded to her right away. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do when Carmela's in school because I am so triggered by the word homework. Yeah. And like the whole concept of having to sit down with her and like Davide wasn't good at school. And like English is his second language. Like so he's like, how am I supposed to teach her schoolwork? And I was like, I don't even want to sit down with her and do this. And I was like, oh my God, she's going to have such a weird work ethic in terms of like academia, because it's not something that's important to me, unfortunately, because it was so, it was such a hard place for me. I mean, yeah. what you, that must, you must feel exactly the same with your kid. Yeah, I'm the same. I honestly, I, I really value education, yeah. but I do not care about school. If yeah, that makes sense. So no. I'm just like, whatever works, you know, I think like you said, work ethic is really comes from like having a rhythm, you know, like, mm. and I think that we can instill rhythms and kind of bring them to a place where they have these expectations that keep them feeling safe and understand what's going to come day to day, which is kind of the Waldorf mm-hmm. philosophy is having these rhythms. I've been researching yeah. schools and Waldorf is that yeah. Waldorf and Montessori. I've been learning a lot about. I love Waldorf so much. Uh, but yeah, so I think that 
having, but I really want to homeschool, to be honest. I just think that for us, we really like to travel. And I think that I, okay. So like you said, so my husband and I sucked at school and we both have ADD. I definitely have been whatever. I was used to be prescribed Adderall. So it's a long story. I was I'll on tell it you. for years. Yeah, I was on it forever. <laughs> and I was always like, I want to get off of this. What can I do? And that actually led me to the saffron, which we'll get into. But oh, perfect. saffron's really like, great for people with ADD. And there's like I studies. used to take saffron pills. Oh my gosh, amazing. Yeah, so we have the pills and... Basically, though, I just think that you can have homeschool. You can go learn. Oh, what this is what I was going to say. We went abroad like for our honeymoon. We've gone abroad often, obviously not since the pandemic, unfortunately. And I felt like I learned so much by going to museums, by going and being in these places and really taking mm-hmm. in the cities. And like we went to Berlin and I was like, I could just still feel it. I can feel mm-hmm. what the city is like and why this happened and why they're like this now. And I think that's really important to share with our children. And you can't necessarily do that when they're, you know, in class 24-7. So I like no. the combination of figuring something out where it's homeschooling, but I'm not the one homeschooling because I suck. <laughs> I guess so someone else. <laughs> my next question it. was, how yeah. are you going to sit down yeah. and do that? <laughs> someone else or friends that are good at certain things. So we'll we'll see. But I'm I getting anxious about it just like you do. And then I think um, it'll all work out. That's what I think. We about. have a lot of friends who turned to homeschooling in the pandemic. Like, you know, people who like weren't comfortable with their children wearing masks at school or yeah. like, you know, not full time or like people who, you know, have a lot of friends who have parents that are, you know, were really, you know, compromised with their immunity. And, and there's like one of them, I know she like does work at home and then she like goes and meets up with these kids in like the forest and they like do the afternoon there and they like, I know, (laughs) I was like, I know. But then part of me is like, oh, I'd love for her to have like a normal, like, you know, have to get to school on time and like, you know, learn that aspect of life because who knows what she's going to, you know, you and I are clearly creative entrepreneurial spirits, but like, what if she's not? What if she's somebody who thrives? Yeah, in structure with total structure. So I don't know, I guess I'll just see what kind of person she is and like lead her in whatever direction she needs. But that's so interesting about them. I know you have, I, I, I drink the, your saffron tincture, but it was so funny. You sent all the, you sent me like the most beautiful box of stuff and we opened it. And my mom and I were like fighting over each of our own vitamin drawer and we were fighting over who was Oh my gosh. I love it. (laughs) She was like a mood, a mood booster. I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, saffron, give that to me. Because I learned like five years ago that taking saffron supplements really helps. Like, how did you come to start? Like, what was that process? Because I think a lot of people went the ADD Adderall route. Totally. I didn't even know that for a while until I started really researching and diving into it. So I grew up, like I said, I'm Persian. So my mom always had a t- saffron tincture in the fridge and she would like make it and then add drops of it to our Persian rice and our different dishes. So I would just go in and literally down the tincture, like drink the whole thing. And she'd be like, no, no, no. Oh my gosh, you can't do that. That's so much saffron. Like you're going to have a laughing attack. And then I was like, well, what's wrong with having a laughing attack? That sounds great. And she was just like, it just makes you like laugh because it makes you so happy. And I was like, awesome. And then later on, after college, I went to Matthew Kenny Culinary and studied plant-based foods 
Mm-hmm. And it was a very entrepreneurial program. So he like teaches you how to formulate things as well and to bring products to market. So later on, I start The Fullest and we really primarily are a publication. That's what we started at since 2017. I have a podcast. We have a lot of content on there. It's all like wellness centered content. And so I was immersed in this space. I studied and traveled with David Wolf. I don't know if you know him. He's like the Nutribullet guy and like Mm -hmm. OG raw foodie. And I've gone to like Peru with him and hiked Wainu Pichu, which is like really, really tall, like way taller than uh, Machu Pichu. You like go there and then you hike it. I hiked it barefoot with him. I went to Iceland and went to all the hot springs. Like it was so much fun. And I learned so much from him and all these other like OGs in the wellness space. But no one was really, I mean, David Wolf's like, a quarter or half Iranian. So he knows the benefits of saffron chairs about all the time. But I would say that not a lot of people know about it. The whole conversation is based on turmeric and its anti-inflammatory benefits and no one's really talking about it. So the more I got involved and the more we thought about product development, I was like, oh my gosh, one, we had a pop-up in Laguna and we sold other products. And one of our number one selling products was this turmeric latte mix. And I loved turmeric lattes too. And then I was like, that's so interesting. No one's talking about saffron. I think it'd be really cool if we had saffron lattes to kind of get the word out. So I formulated our warm feeling saffron latte with 150 milligrams of saffron. To give you an idea, that's 25 flowers have to be harvested in order to have one serving of our saffron latte. It's oh, like wow. the, what my doctor likes to say, the Ferrari of saffron, <laughs> like supplements and drinks. It's like crazy. Cause he was like, you can have just 30 milligrams. So the starting dose is 30 milligrams. And a lot of the studies have been done on just 30 milligrams a day, which again is like way more than you would get in a paella or an Indian or mm. Persian dish. Like you're in those dishes, you're getting maybe a couple threads, a few threads per like mass amounts of food, you know? Yeah for a whole feast. And so for us, like the medicinal dose was important because we really believe that the foundation of wellness is mental health. So you can read all you want on the fullest and on goop and all everywhere you go. But like, if you don't feel like getting out of bed and you're tired and you have like a full plate and you're just like exhausted and you don't feel right in your body and in your mind, then like, what are we doing here? You know? Mm And especially mood as parents, as people, like we want to show up in our relationships and in our relationships with our people who we work with. That is also our family members and our children. And our mood is number one. Like if we show up already feeling like shit, then Mm -hmm. that's going to translate to how we parent our kids. And like they spill something and they go off the rails and you're just like, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's okay. We'll figure it out or whatever the case, obviously you have to address it. So that to me was like number one. And when I, I came across a double blind placebo study and I found that they, in the study, they found that 30 milligrams of saffron was just as effective as the generic form of Prozac. No. Yeah. Isn't that insane? I literally, my jaw dropped, like, just like you, because I knew just like, you know, the benefits of saffron, but I didn't know how like far it could go and get this. Not only is it just as effective as the generic form, they found in the study that it works instantly to increase serotonin and dopamine in your body. Whereas all these other supplements that people get on 
for valid reasons, they take about six weeks to kick in. So you're, you have something that's natural from the earth that's able to make a difference for you right away. And that's so powerful, whether you go on an antidepressant or not, like people need, when you choose to go on a medication for anxiety and depression, and now I'm studying a lot about the benefits for people with ADD and children with ADD, but when you go on that, you want it to work right away, especially when it comes to when you're dealing with grief, right? Like it's really scary. Those that period of time, I mean, a lot can happen in that period of time. So I always think just having that support, regardless of what route you go, is so incredible. And so what happened was when I came across that study, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is insane. I need to share it with everyone. Like we all have mental health issues, everyone. I don't care if you think that you don't, like you do. And we all have periods in our lives where we go through that. You know, it might not be all the time, but we might have, we might be going through some one's grieving over someone's death or whatever the case may be. So we have periods where we just need that extra support. So I formulated with 150 milligrams because the traditional Chinese medicine dose is more potent. And I Mm. felt like because I was using the raw form of saffron, which is what they studied on, I wanted this like bioavailable potent dose. So our saffron latte only has four ingredients. It's coconut milk powder, coconut water powder, saffron and cardamom. So there's not even, it's sweet from naturally. No, it's so good because my mom is really obsessed with, my mom has raging ADD and, oh. and it, and living with her has been, it, we, I do too, but I'm more, I don't know. I think it's like, I don't know. She's like 72. So I yeah. think it's just like exacerbated. So yeah. <laughs> like, but living with her, it's been wild and it's, sparked a lot in me because I'm like, oh, like this is why like certain things weren't a priority to me in school or like, you know, nobody was like, okay, like, let me go over your homework with you because she was like scattered and she had five kids between like, you know, stepkids and her real kids. And like, so I'm seeing it now, like when we moved in, just like certain rooms in the house that have just like tons of stuff in it that never totally was handled. Right. Like it was just like her, like, you know, she had an office that was like her dirty secret. And it was just like things she couldn't get to just go in there. And then you see it now. Every day I see it. Like she wakes up with the baby in the morning. She likes to have her like morning. Her just really, their like rooms are next to each other. And like, that's their little, like, you know, my mom puts on classic music. Aww. But I walk, by the time I walk in to the room, like, after, like, you know, I've done my workout and whatever. And I go in and greet them in the morning. I see her attempt to start and complete something all over the kitchen by, by eight 30. Oh morning. my God. <laughs> that is amazing. If I leave for like a day and I come back, I see unfinished projects <laughs> all over the house. So her addiction is coffee with 2% milk every morning. And oh she's like, God. if I don't have my coffee and I keep trying to explain to her that that's like not a sustained form of energy. Yeah. Like, so I force her to have the saffron latte because and the cardamom, which I know is just traditional Persian. You guys use it all yeah, the time for yeah. flavor, which I mean, it's one of my favorites, but I, that was me being, I was like, there's cardamom. Like, yeah. like, Ooh, I want that. Like, so she had it and she liked it. And so she'll drink them in the afternoon now, but I'm trying to have her switch out her coffee for that latte in the morning. 
Yeah, it's really great. I mean, some people add it to their coffee and like I get some people like coffee and they're not going to get off of it and whatever. I don't drink it. Like maybe I'll have one once in a blue moon, but I've been off it for three weeks. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I just got off of it because I got pregnant and I was just like, whatever. I'm not committed enough to like drink it while I'm pregnant, even though you can. Mm -hmm. And then four years later, I'm not drinking coffee. It's just like, wow. Cause then I was breastfeeding and I swear my son, like I tried to have coffee. I swear he was like wired when I would, <laughs> when I was nursing him. And then I nursed him up until I got pregnant with my other one. And so I just like kept it going. But yeah, I just think that, you know, what's really interesting about coffee. It's a stimulant. So it's helping us focus. It's helping us with energy because of its stimulating effects. Whereas saffron is a non-stimulant. But it, the way that it works when it comes to ADD is so wild because it's calming down your nervous system. And then like whatever, all this chemical reactions are happening too, like GABA and all this stuff. But what's happening is your nervous system is able to calm down to the point where then you're able to focus. So it's like the opposite effect, the opposite. but gives you similar benefits. They did a study on, I'm going to screw up the name, it's like Ritalin, but it's methylphenidate or something, I think is what Ritalin is. And they did a six-week trial study and they found it was literally also just as effective as the generic form Ritalin methylphenidate because of that reason, because wow. it was able to calm you down to that point. And it, they did this study on children as well. And a lot of parents, what they do when they find out that their kids have ADD or ADHD, actually, because they know how bad Ritalin or Adderall is, but they're like, shoot, I need to do something. They actually resort to antidepressants sometimes instead. Mm -hmm. So this is like an amazing finding because then it's natural. Parents feel comfortable giving it to their kids and it's doing the same thing as both of those, right? So it's really amazing wow. research and I'm so inspired to bring it. And I feel like, the other thing with the fullest is we're really passionate about mood, but we're also really passionate about just bringing ancient healing rituals yeah. to the modern woman. That's like our whole thing. So this just felt so right to us, especially because it's part of my lineage and mm -hmm. it's beneficial for so many reasons, but we're really going to also then go ahead and dive into like eventually other amazing botanicals and rituals that can support that are from different lineages that I think everyone can um, benefit from. But when it comes to saffron, like we launched our baths. I don't know if we sent them to you. Oh yeah, I have it. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for you to take it because we like to share this all the time because it goes back to this like story of ancient rituals, but Cleopatra and Alexander the Great were known for bathing in saffron. Cleopatra bathed in it because she loved the aphrodisiac benefits and obviously the beauty benefits. It's great for your skin, but Alexander mm -hmm. the Great bathed in it because it helped heal his wounds. No. Yeah. And he, then he went on to have all the men that were under him bathe in it because of that reason. Like it, you can just Google it. It's known information oh, just, out there. This is just a healing. So where do you grow the saffron that you guys use? Where do you get it? So it's from Afghanistan because I can't legally bring it from Iran because of all the like issues with embargoes and stuff like that. I source it from Afghanistan where it's called Herat, the region. Mm -hmm. And I actually work with a woman in San Clemente, local to us, who imports it. And she works directly with the farms. And then she gives back to the women because it's women that are 
the ones picking it. It's really, really delicate, the flower. And you can only pick it during a certain time of night and you only get three strands per flower. That's why I say like the medicinal dose, that's 30 milligrams. It's 15 threads, 15 strands. So you at least need five flowers, but we go and do the 25 flowers in our latte. But the women are the ones picking it. And these are women who have maybe left their husbands, who need to take care of their children, who may have been abused. And so they're really taken care of by this woman that I work with. And it's really full circle because on our How did you find her? Honestly, I don't know. But my mom like finds anyone and everyone when it comes to like these sorts of things. And I actually, I know you import. Like it's so important to have that relationship when you're yeah, importing. It's impossible. Yeah. And this woman just, I came into our lives like right around the time, literally right when I was thinking of formulating it, this woman showed up and my mom like has a relationship with her and shared this information. And my mom is also really great with like, if we can't get enough, you know, we can source from other people and she speaks Farsi to them and totally haggles. And like, (laughs) I love it so much. And so, yeah, we either like get it from those farmers or, and then all the proceeds, like 11% of the profits go back to supporting those women. So it just feels full circle having a women owned business and giving back. Yeah. And so who do you do the fullest with? So it's just me. It's my company, but I do it with my amazing team of employees. We have, there's like five of us and mm-hmm. I can never do anything without them. They're <laughs> amazing. So I don't like to say that's just me, but I founded it. And when did you, so this started, like you said, it was from like a, from like your newsletter. Yeah. It was just like a lifelong passion of learning. I went through, you know, all the diets, base. I was like vegan and raw. And I was just like trying everything out and I was getting sicker and sicker. And I was just like, what's going on? I know everything. I'm like literally up to my head and information. And I felt so fortunate to be able to travel with David Wolf and all these people. So I had all this knowledge and someone approached me actually and was like, Hey, like you should really consider starting a website because you have all this knowledge. I think it'd be great, whatever. And I was like, okay. And I just did it. And it was just really interesting because I wasn't planning on like making it a business, but then I realized there it could turn into a career. And that's when I really started thinking seriously about it and testing out like what that looked like for us. But yeah, I, it started really out of a passion for sharing all these different healing modalities with people and also sharing my story, which is I went to the extreme and I was totally orthorexic and I thought I was afraid of eating fruit. Like it was really dangerous. I've gotten to that point where I'm like, would see a banana and be like, I would never. Yeah. Because you're, and then it's like, but you're still sick. Like you're getting <laughs> sicker because you hear all these things that could do other things. To, and then it's like, we're missing the whole point here, which is just, just to like point. be chill and eat a little bit of everything. Exactly. <laughs> I was so ridiculous. I was afraid of rice. I wouldn't eat my grandmother's cooking. Like it was just so beyond ridiculous. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm gnarly. I only like to eat organic. I have two kids with mitochondrial dysfunctions, like rare genetic conditions. So I'm very intense about only organic because their body can't detox as well as other people's can. But it doesn't mean that I don't eat. Like I love eating pasta. I love eating rice. I love Persian rice. I love all of it. And so for me, I don't even, I, all I care about is quality. That's Mm -hmm. it. Like if I know that it's good quality and it was like, hopefully 
farmed in a way that was good for the planet because I believe what's good for the planet is good for me, then like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat, you know, all of it. And if I'm going through a specific thing, like for example, I have a Hashimoto's flare up happening right now ever since my daughter was born. And that happens sometimes. You can go into remission or you can get a flare up. Then like for that short period of time, I'll just do like quick testing, see what I'm getting allergic to, to not flare it up. And then like, I'll go back to my normal ways, but I don't see it as a full lifestyle to eat and be crazy like that. And, but I also understand that for some people, that's what works for them. You know, like my husband is all about whole 30 now, like (laughs) obsessed and hasn't for a year. And I have to catch myself because I'm like, I used to, you know, be intense and and it honestly (laughs) makes him feel really good. So I have to be like, okay, he doesn't want to eat the pasta. Like, that's really funny, but like I'll eat it, you know? But yeah, I just think- Do you drink alcohol? I don't, no. I'm like, it's so funny because I love a natural wine. Like I love the idea of natural wine and I like want to drink it, but I just like don't because I just don't feel good, you know? And your husband, I'm sure, doesn't drink either. No, no, he does. He doesn't care about that. He's like, no, I'll drink. Yeah, I'll drink the wine. (laughs) He loves the wine. I just, it's so funny. Like, again, with my son, ever since he was born, I just kind of like, when I was pregnant with him, I didn't know I was pregnant. And I was like up, um, my husband, I went to Oregon State for college. Mm -hmm. And so we were up in Oregon with our college friends, like over Thanksgiving weekend, because like football games are around that time. And they like brought over wine and like 151 and like all this stuff. And I was doing, I don't even remember what it's called, but literally like kind of like a Jaeger bomb, but instead it's putting wine or 151 shots of 151 inside a glass of wine. Oh shit. Yeah. And I was drinking that. Because I don't know why, because to me, I couldn't, I couldn't taste it. So I thought it was funny <laughs> and I was like drinking it. And then next thing I know, like literally two days later, I find out I'm pregnant and I was like, oh my God. Everybody finds out they're pregnant when they're like living their best yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Fine. I had a friend who found out she was pregnant and she's like, she said her hangover wouldn't go away. And then she, <laughs> she's like, I don't know if my hangover won't go away. And I was like, oh my God. And she was like, oh my God. four weeks pregnant. And I was like, there you go. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. Kid was fine. Yeah. So from all of your intense travels, was there any ritual that you found on any of these trips that you were like, I have to implement this at home? That's like something that you like, is it like a cold plunge or, you know, is there like, I yeah. Know, is there like, um, I mean, I'm sure that you have your rituals in terms of like, I mean, supplements, I, which I, I would love to know about too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll definitely dive into that. But <laughs> so with the like traveling, I, we really like in Iceland, we were like hunting for hot springs. Right. So it was like hot and cold springs, like left and right. So I love that, like hot and cold, but it was funny. Like I didn't really implement it back at the house. You know, I, I really want to buy a cold plunge like now that they make those specific like cold plunge tubs and like, oh my gosh, when we have enough space, I need that or I need the sauna and I want, but like for me, what I was really interested in, like traveling with David Wolf, he like sees things differently, right? Than other people. So you would be like hiking um, in Iceland and it's like rocky and there's like a plant growing out of just like the cliff, literally no soil, nothing, right? And he's like, those are the things that you should look for because that plant is literally like a survivor, right? Mm-hmm. And like that, that's the energy that you want is like this plant can grow with literally just nothing. nothing. And that one of those plants was rhodiola. Oh. 
And I love rhodiola. It totally is like the my coffee. Like if I yeah. need a stimulant, like it's rhodiola. And so we would make rhodiola tea and just like grab it straight out of the earth and then make tea with it. But, you know, here you just like order it online, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was something I would never forget. Or like the way he would see things, like, for example, some like fish swim upstream, right? So it's like, mm. those are the foods that you, those are like superfoods. Like those are the ones yeah, that go against that's the grain such a that cool you way want. To think about it. I love thinking about food that way because it like energizes me. And I'm like, yeah. I want this energy today, right? Like I want that vibe. I want what they're having. So I'll eat them, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I, I really like thinking about it the way he sees things. Cause I think that's really interesting. And not a lot of people do that. We go about our day and we're bombarded with so many things that we don't take it all in. And so when you're with someone or when you start thinking about it differently in that way, everything starts to become interesting. Like I mentioned, I was in um, Solving. That's where my husband and I got married. It was just our anniversary. It was Mother's Day. Everything like felt full circle for me. But I was explaining to my son, like I was like trees, literally like these huge trees grow this way from just sun and water. Like that's Mm -hmm. insane, you know, and dirt, like really (laughs) high quality dirt. Yeah. But that sort of thing is really exciting to me because I really believe, like I said, what's good for the earth is also good for us and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And I just like really want to always remember that and take that with me that like, there's probably something here that nature has that placed here that would be helpful for me. So I'll look there first, you know? Maybe it's not the end all be all. And maybe we always like, it's really nice to have modern medicine for sure. Like if I didn't have that, I wouldn't know that my kids have something called MCAD and they did a blood test and they found that. And now I know how to treat it or else it could have been, you know, catabolic. But again, I really like to go back to like nature first. So in terms of supplements and yeah, what like I what like to do. Yeah, like what you wake up and like, what do you drink? I want to know. Okay, so I wake up and like, if I have five seconds for myself, which I never really do, I love obviously our saffron latte, but the reason I love that and things similar to it is actually because I don't like taking supplements. Like at this point mm-hmm. in my yep. wellness life and routine, I'm like, I don't really want to take a bunch of pills, you know? And mm-hmm. I always tell people like, if you're, Like if you're looking for the benefits of saffron, right? For example, and people are always asking, which one should I get? The pill or the latte? And I'm like, well, get the one that you're going to do first of all. Like if you're not going to do the latte, get the pill, you know? But to me, like when you're taking all these pills, you have to digest those capsules, you know? And I already have like sluggish digestion if I'm doing that. Like that's just my thing is I'm always trying to optimize digestion. And so I personally don't like taking the capsules. And I also feel like I don't really, I want to get everything that I can from food and sunlight and water and the basics. And then I'll, if I'm going through something, like if I'm feeling like I'm going to get sick, that's when I'll supplement. Yeah. But I won't just do it every day. The one thing that I definitely like to do every day though, other than the latte is the Quintone. Have you heard of Quintone? Oh yeah. Yeah. The minerals. Yeah. That is like a daily thing that I do and my son does and my whole family does. And the reason is because that, I don't know if you've read the research on it, but that is actually identical to the blood plasma in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really cool because then I'm like, well, if we're 
like natural beings that are connected to the earth and like that, the ocean minerals that are, mm-hmm. we're like 90% water, right? Or whatever yeah, it is. Say, like it's a beautiful thing. To yeah, that connection, like that brings me the connection, you know? So I'm not going into the ocean every day, but that's one way that I can get that in my body. And I, that's the other thing, like I'm sure you've heard of Ion Biome. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like I feel like that's of the earth. And like, I like that he says you don't really need to take a probiotic because that essentially replaces it because it's naturally giving you all these different bacteria and strains, right? That you need, but that are directly from the earth. And so like, I think if you can get some land and some sea in you like daily, yeah. like you're good, <laughs> whatever it comes from. I wish we lived closer to the water. It's really hard for my husband that we don't like, but obviously we love our house and they grew up in Pasadena. And now it's like, it's so expensive to live. It's been California. I mean, it's like impossible. It's so insane. We have like literally, I mean, we rent out our, we have a friend back unit in Corona Del Mar actually in between Newport and Laguna. And we're like, that's also why we want to move because we rent out our back unit for income, which is great. And we, but we literally have like 1800 square feet and it's like, great, but it's like, I feel like I'm on top of each other at this point. And I'm like, for this price point, it doesn't make sense. Like for this price point, I should have land. And I really like, I I'm on this like, oh, kick right now where I'm like, oh, is not right by the ocean, but it's not that far. And no, I Ojai's really, magical. yeah, I'm like, I need that in my life. I need land. You know, the sad thing is, is like being like a Californian, like you have to consider where like buyers are. I, and like for I me, know. I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's like a dry fire city. Yeah. Fire city. And it kills me because it's such an important place. And like people like, you know, I've been going there forever. And my brother lives in Ventura. He's up there since he was 18. Like he graduated high school and just like got in his car and drove to Ventura and like never came back. Like, wow. It's like so beautiful, you know, but yeah. like, is there like, I'm always scared of fire. Or like a fire state. Yeah. I think about that a lot because, you know, we've had the Malibu fires, the Montecito fires, like a lot. We've been dealing with so many fires lately. Laguna too. Wasn't it like two years ago? There was a big Laguna fire. Yeah. There was one like a few months ago in Emerald Bay and everyone was freaking out because there was like in 93, like the whole town basically caught on fire. But what's really cool about Laguna is they actually since then have done so much to mitigate fires. We have goats that graze year round and the goats are the ones that are helping, you know, to keep all the brush, whatever things that would go Mm -hmm. into a brush fire down and they eat that. And it's all naturally like handled, which I love again, because I'm like, I learned so much from that, but native Americans used to take care of this land in the most brilliant way. And they would cut things down and pre-burn things to make sure that big fires wouldn't happen. And we don't do anything like that. And I could get into it in the deeper. I mean, I could go off about this because it's really is people. I'm like, you know, Democrats and liberals who don't want to cut anything down because you want to protect trees. But I'm like, guys, we're not doing this right. (laughs) Yeah. You need to, you need to to naturally fires happen. You need to like pre-plan that. Yeah. So I, I, I think there's so much that we need to learn from these indigenous people and from native peoples. And I, I think that it's like up to us, you know, like I get scared about Ojai all the time, actually, because of fires, especially that one fire that happened from the power lines up north. Like, I know it kills me when I think about it. I know. Um, that wasn't even like some weird thing. It was just like a power line. Like, and there are power lines like all over the place. Oh, like we need to, yeah. 
So I just think, you know, it's up to us to like you and I know about this and now we're sharing it on here and maybe people can be more vocal or if you live in Ohio, you should try and convince them to have goats and all these things. And so maybe we can make change and help. But what's hard Talked about it extensively last weekend when we were in Napa, because I was looking at all the hills that were on fire and a lot of our friends live in Napa and they were talking like, you know, they were, they, they all had to evacuate. Like, like half the people that were there were like, Oh yeah, my house burned down or like our property burned down or like half of our vineyard is gone or like this and that. And they, you're looking at the hills and it's full of brush and nobody wants to take anything down. I know it's so crazy. And also it's crazy because they're putting down so many chemicals when they're fighting these fires, right? Like it's not water. It's not just water. They're literally spraying the SHIT out of the land because they have to at that point, right? It's like, it's like at that point you, it's the surgery, you know, you need to just go in and do the surgery. You have no option, but to prevent that we want to prevent because we're talking about climate change. Also, we're talking about doing what's right for the planet. Spraying the shit out of it with flame retardants isn't the mm-hmm. good thing no. to do. So like, we really need to get in front of prevention, in my opinion, with all of this. And so I think, yeah, I think it's great that people are talking about it more and that you've done a deep dive. Like I not not a lot of people do that. <laughs> like no one does that actually. Not just not a lot, but no one. Yeah. Well, it was so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, Where you. can people find The Fullest? Yeah. So thefullest.com. We have a lot of wellness information on there. A lot of things that I've shared. But if you go to our shop, we have so many different products. We have saffron baths, milk baths, salt baths, lattes, um, we're coming out with something really exciting next month that I'll share on here. Oh, great. We're coming out with Yoni steaming herbs and a whole <gasps> kit around it, which I used postpartum. And again, it's this ancient ritual that women need to use that has been proven to support hormones and people who have... What? There's a lot. Like UTIs, it's, it helps with that. It helps with so many things, but postpartum especially. Yeah. So yeah, we're really excited to start getting ahead of like sharing these um, and making them easy to use. Like typically when you get like yoni herbs or whatever, you get this like big bag or a jar and you're like, what the hell do I do with it? We're making well, that's it. Why like, I haven't been doing it or I have to drive like an hour away to go. And now that I have a child, I'm like, I, there is no me driving an hour away to like do something. No. Yeah. That's like, no, that's non-existent. <laughs> so yeah, I think that um, making it as easy as possible is also our our whole thing. So I think it'll be interesting. I'll send them to you. How do you do this steam? Do you do it like a sits bath or something? Uh, well, just a pot, basically. I mean, we're going to, we're launching also like a Yoni stool. That's pretty, you know? Yeah. That, great. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Like, what do I sit We on? have the stool, we have the pot, and then we have single serving sachets. So you don't have to like measure anything out. You Amazing. just pour the sachet, fill it with water, and then you just go, you know, after it's boiled, you just sit on it. Or if you don't want to buy, have that postpartum. Yeah, I know, right? I it was a game changer for me. I did it, and I like I need to I need to share this with the whole world. I'll send it to you when it launches. I can't wait. My husband is going to be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I know. He's like, "That's why our stool just like needed to be cute because it was just like, okay, this is gonna stick out, and so we need to make sure it's made out of you know cute wood and all that stuff." So. Hey, it looks cute in a bathroom. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You'll put your towel over it. But anyways, thanks so much for having me. I'm a huge fan. I really appreciate like all the information you share. And I'm so Mm. excited to finally connect it. 
Well, thank God that we have people like you who are <laughs> doing all this research. And we have, it's like the only reason why I want to have the podcast is to be able to share information. Yeah. Well, well, well thank so you so much. Bye. Good it luck nice on everything. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.